There's a lady that came to our church uh, many years ago. Uh, she's now left, but she turned up recently and she shared a testimony. And her testimony was that she had pretty bad cancer and that we had prayed and many others had prayed for her, obviously, as well. And uh, she went through 39 rounds of chemo. So that is, I would consider, pretty serious. And so she came and she testified us uh, to us and said that she was then told that after the chemo it was terminal and that there was nothing more that they could do. And the scans showed a lot of, you, some of you would know this, a lot of bright red spots, so it was pretty bad. Through prayer alone, nothing else, the, the life hack of prayer, through prayer alone, she came to testify to us that she had subsequent scans that showed that every trace of cancer had gone in Jesus' name. And her oncologist said, that's it, that's a professional expert, medical person, said, I have no words to explain this. God is on the move. We are starting to see cancers heal, folks. We've had numbers of cases now. Christ is greater. What an amazing God we serve. Come on, give God a praise. Give him a praise. He is an awesome God. He's an amazing God. And that's why we worship him. That's why we love him. That's why we serve him. He is so good. He is so powerful. He is so awesome. We saying what a beautiful name it is. You know, he has no rival. He has no equal. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one like the God that we serve. That's why we love Him. That's why we serve Him. That's why we surrender to Him. That's why we give Him our lives because He is so amazing. He is so awesome. He is so incredible. He is so phenomenal. There's no one I'd rather serve on this planet than my Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, almighty God, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He is amazing. He is amazing. He is amazing. (laughs) The cancer was healed for one reason. Some people knew how to pray. No one knew how to pray. And possibly if she didn't know how to pray, she'd be dead. That's how powerful prayer is. That's how real it is, friends. <clears throat> Maybe you've not had your answer for a long time. Come tonight. Come Thursday. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep asking God because the day is coming. We trust where you'll get your breakthrough. You know, I said it's, um, and I believe this is true. <clears throat> the greatest contribution any of us can make to the work of God is through our prayers. It's not through our gifts. It's not through our abilities. Because prayer moves the hand of God. Yeah. We all have gifts, we all have talents, and may, God, may we use them for the glory of God. But more powerful than that is your ability to pray. Yeah. And you have a phenomenal ability to pray, by the way. And that's why Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. He didn't call it a house of gifts, a house of talents. He didn't call it a house of 
even music or fellowship or food or anything else. It was a house, not even a house of preaching. It was a house of prayer. Yeah. <clears throat> so a major key to answer prayer is faith. Yeah. And Mark eleven twenty four says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it and it will be yours. I want to encourage us to guard against religious praying. Yeah. Religious praying is that we pray however long it might be, during the day, preming, whatever, and uh, we may pray a lot, and we kind of like, we tick the box, and we say, yep, God, I've done my time, thank you, Jesus, but there's really no expectation of answers. Sometimes we don't even look for an answer the next day. We just pray, and we think, we're just happy to pray, and I think one of the problems that I see in the Western church is that we have accepted that it's okay that prayers are not answered. We've just accepted it. And we've got to change that narrative. We've got to change that, that, because otherwise it's just religion, friends. And I'm telling you this, if you keep praying and don't get answers, you will stop praying. Because why would you pray? And so, so many of us, many people have stopped praying because they've not seen enough answers. Reason they've not seen enough answers because of a lack of faith. That's why whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it, and it shall be yours. So can I say this? If you're not seeing as many answers as you want, it's time to change the way you pray. Because a definition of insanity is this. Keep doing it the way you've always done it and expect a different result. The result is not going to change, folks. So we have to learn to pray. We'll do a bit of that tonight. We have to learn to pray differently. And I'm asking God, help me. I'm saying, in Romans 8, 26 it is, that the Spirit helps us to pray. He's ready to help us, we need to ask Him. So I just want you to take that away, even if you don't listen to anything else I say this morning, take that away, I've got to learn to pray differently to see more results. Tell the person next to you, you have to learn to pray differently. Go and yell it at them, scream at them, do something, wake, wake them up, they may even be asleep. Learn to pray differently so we get their answers that we want. See, Mark 6, verse 5 to 6 is going to come on the screen for you. Um, he could do no mighty work there, except he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. So he was, he was shocked. He said, I can't believe that you don't believe. <laughs> he marveled, but because of unbelief, he couldn't do the miracles. He couldn't do the answers. So one of the greatest challenges we have in the church today is to keep increasing the levels of faith because when faith increases, according to your faith, be it unto you. So the issue is not so much are you praying, the issue is more how much faith are you praying with. It's one thing to pray, it's another thing to pray with faith. We can pray with unbelief. Praying with unbelief is I pray but I don't expect an answer. Praying in unbelief and you won't get an answer. But there's another thing of praying in faith. That's why Smith Wigglesworth said I can get more out of a moment of faith than a month yelling at God. A moment of faith is all that we need. So we need to increase the faith in our hearts. And uh, God is increasing our faith as a church. How do I know that? We're seeing more miracles. So the faith actually is increasing, but we want to keep on increasing a lot more. So here's two important prayers to pray on a daily basis. I'm gonna really help you. If you grab this next two minutes, it's gonna change your life forever. You ready for that? 
Okay, here's the first one, Luke 17, verse five. Lord, increase, I'll change it to my. Lord, increase my faith. If the apostles had to pray for their faith to be increased, then you have to pray, I have to pray for my faith to be increased. Then Mark 9, verse 24, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So come on, let's pray these two prayers together. Can we have the first one back on the screen, please? Lord, increase my faith. Come on, let's go together. Lord, increase my faith. Now make it a prayer. Lord, increase my faith. The second one, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. One more time. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. If you pray those two prayers every day for the next year, I can virtually promise you, you will see more answers to prayer. Because your faith will increase and God will give you more answers. It's not that hard to do. It just takes a bit of discipline and a bit of determination that we're gonna do this uh, together and continue to ask God to help us to pray. So George Mueller was one of the greatest men of faith that's been around. And uh, he said this. He said that, how did he put it? He said, faith grows with use like a muscle, it grows with use. He said, if you begin to believe God in prayer for some small things today, he said, the day will come where you'll be able to believe God for things bordering on the unbelievable. Wow, do you like that? You start to believe for small things today. You know, that's what's happened in my life. I've, I've seen increasingly better answers to prayer over the year, but it started right down here, some small thing, you know, maybe like a, I don't know, sore thumb or something getting healed or something like that or a breakthrough in my own life on a minimal level. But then as I've continued to exercise my faith, see, it's a, faith is a muscle. It's a muscle that you grow and we can all grow it, uh, but you just gotta keep exercising it with more and more things. So one day, Mueller, this is the level to which his faith got, all right? So he's on this uh, boat and he goes to the captain and he says, I've gotta be in Quebec, what was it, by Saturday afternoon. And the captain said to him, Mueller, that is impossible. To which Mueller said, I've never missed an appointment in 57 years, let's pray. The captain thought, and he tells a story, he was a Christian himself, he said, what lunatic asylum is this man come from? He said, Mueller, do you know how dense the fog is? And Mueller says, no. He said, my eyes are not on the density of the fog, my eyes are upon God. Question for you this morning. In your trial, in the giant that you are facing today, in the mountain that's in front of you, what is dominating your thinking? Do you keep thinking mountain, mountain, giant, 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 you talk about it, you pray about it, it's all, your focus is the giant or the mountain, or is your focus God? God. God, because whatever you focus on, listen carefully, is gonna grow. It's gonna grow. So if you focus on your problem, it's gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like a person. If you don't like a person for some reason, (laughs) not me, of course, uh, but the person sitting next to you, uh, if you don't like something about them, everyone looked at someone there, we even woke up at that point. That was a good point. That was the best point I've made this morning. Everyone wanted, um, thank you for saying that, Pastor. I wanted to say it myself, but I was too ashamed to say it. But, but you know, if, if, you, if you see something wrong with them, 
If you keep focusing on it, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Then you go from not liking the person to you're going to hate them. Why? Because of focus. So it's where you focus. Life is all about where you focus. And God is forever trying to get us to focus on him. Uh, because he is the great I am. <laughs> he is the answer. He is the miracle worker. And so how did David defeat Goliath? All Israel looked at Goliath and said, we're out of here, buddy. <laughs> Except for one man by the name of David who focused on God. And he said, mincemeat. I'll take this guy down in a moment. No fear in his heart. You come against me with a sword and a spear, I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. This day I'll knock you down and take your head off and exactly what he did. The only reason that David did that was because of his focus. His focus was on God. Can you shift your focus this morning? Shift it off your problem. Stop talking about your problem. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but someone needs to hear this. Stop talking about your problem. Sorry for yelling. I just heard someone say, Pastor, no need to yell. We can hear you. I have to yell. <laughs> Some people fall asleep. So stop talking about your problem and start talking about God. Start talking about this great God that you have, this great, mighty, powerful God that you have. Start talking. Anyway, back to Mueller. <laughs> so he said, look, he said, I'm not, my eyes aren't on the density of the fog. My eyes are upon God. He said, Captain, let's go down and pray. So they went downstairs. Mueller prayed the most simple prayer. And then the captain was about to pray. And Mueller put his hand on the captain and he said, no, no, no need to pray. He said, for two reasons. One, you don't believe God's going to answer. And two, because God already has. He said, let us go up. They went upstairs. The fog was gone and he kept his appointment. That's faith. That's faith. So we're going to grow, keep growing in faith, keep believing God in faith. And as our faith grows, we're going to see more and more answers. Hey, I like this Acts 9, verse 11. The Lord said to him, this is to Saul, Saul of Tarsus, when he'd been struck down, arise and go to a street called Straight, quiet the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. This is an angel speaking. I think it was an angel speaking. Um, uh, to, to this guy, <laughs> um, Ananias, was it, was that? Ananias, yeah, uh, about Saul of Tarsus. And so the angel says, you know, go to him, for behold, he is praying. You know the point I'm making here? As soon as he started praying, heaven noticed. So he's praying, and you know, Saul's praying, and it's like the angel says, behold, wow, he's praying. As soon as you begin to pray, heaven is alerted. And heaven takes notice of your prayers. And this is a real encouragement, I think, to those who are distressed and brokenhearted. Because sometimes our prayers are no more than a sigh and a groan and tears. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Sometimes that's all it is. But even then, heaven takes notice. 
someone put it this way, I want to get it correctly. At times, you know, every tear is caught by God and treasured in heaven. Prove it, I will. Psalm 56 verse eight. Should come on the screen. I think, maybe I didn't give it to them. I'll add it, maybe, sometimes I add things on later on, you know. Uh, You put all my tears into your bottle. Think about that. Every tear drop is caught by God and put in his bottle. Someone said that, Spurgeon said, the tears are the diamonds of heaven. And they're caught in the flow. Some of you are ashamed of your tears. You shouldn't be. They are treasured in heaven. This God we serve, he is unbelievable. He is amazing. You know, we think tears are weakness. Oh no, Jesus wept. Hello, Jesus wept. Your tears, every one of them, being captured. They're stored up in heaven. They are prayers. Some say that, some have said, would go as far as say, some of your most powerful prayers are your tears. As soon as you begin to cry, when you're praying, Heaven says, behold, she prays. Behold, he prays. Is anyone encouraged by this? So good, eh? So awesome. There's this quote I read here. Prayer is the falling of a tear. Just a different way of looking at it. So, you know, we continue to see more miracles. And I wonder if some of these are birthed through tears. So here's a couple more from our church. A lady broke her shoulder. You know, sometimes, uh, <laughs> I know how people think. We do all these declarations and people say, does anything actually happen? <laughs> now, no, you don't think like that, do you? But there's one or two who do, and other churches, who don't understand declarations. So this is a really interesting testimony. So those of you who came to New Zealand beyond, and one of the services, at the end of the service, we were praying for breakthrough and declaring breakthrough. And so this woman was watching online. And so she joined in with that prayer. And she had broken her shoulder in several places and bones were sticking out. As we were praying, she said she felt like the fingers of God were manipulating her shoulder and bringing it back into alignment. So she went for another x-ray and she found that the bone was no longer sticking out. Shoulder had come back into alignment and was positioned well so it could fully heal. I don't know, testimonies like that just get my attention. The finger of God. I've heard of the finger of God in people's eyes and different things, but that's a, you know, that's one of, it's a very current one, very, well, just our conference wasn't long ago. Um, then there's another testimony that comes. Please send us your testimonies. 
I don't know, I've got, I, I don't think I've got any more after this one. So okay, you'll help me for next week, folks. <laughs> Please online somebody. <laughs> hey, make one up if you have to, just get it through to me. <laughs> I won't know it's made up so I can share it with integrity, all right? But uh, this was in our kids' service, anointing service. So there's one of these kids sitting in the auditorium and a, a cast in their arm had been broken, I guess. And uh, one of the leaders was sitting next to this kid and said, oh, look, can I pray for your arm? And they prayed and then and just declared the name of Jesus. And uh, two days later, she got a text from the mother and the mother said, we've just been to the doctors and the arm, the, the, the arm has now healed and the cast has been removed. You don't have to wait six weeks. If you've got an injury, you don't have to wait whatever the doctors tell you. You know, believe God, cry out, make a declaration, do something, because God is a God who is answering prayers. Amen. So, I'm going to share this next part. You're not going to like the next bit. Tell the person next to you, you're not going to like the next part. It's just worn out. Forewarned is forearmed is forewarned. Forewarned is forearmed. So um, <clears throat> this is probably the biggest challenge about prayer. Do you want to know what it is? It's hard work. <sighs> people, I heard some people just say, I knew I should have stayed home this morning. <laughs> prayer is hard work. And maybe it's the reason we don't pray more. Colossians 4 verse 12, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Laboring. Everyone say laboring. <laughs> All right, laboring. <laughs> Uh, 2 Corinthians 1.11, as you labor together with us through prayer. Laboring. So if you want to bring things to birth in your life that you want God to do for you, you have to labor in prayer. Now, I don't want to pick on Alyssa, Pastor Alyssa this morning, but I'm going to, because you would have noticed she is pregnant, and she's going to bring to birth fairly soon, a few months away, something like that, but I've not been through this process myself. <laughs> However, I can tell you, to bring to birth is hard work. And all the mothers said? Yeah. There's a picture for you folks. You want to birth? It's hard work. And too many people are not prepared to do the hard work. And so they don't see the result. We can't minimize prayer. So we're teaching on prayer, friends, of how we can learn to pray and get more and more answers in our lives. And so hard work. We read in um, Ephesians 6 verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So it says there, we wrestle not. I know some Christians that stop there. I wrestle not. So they just don't fight. They're just not willing to go beyond that. So I don't know if there's any in this room. Just there's no way. I'm not going to wrestle and pray. I'm not going to dig in and fight and go after what I want. So I wrestle not. And you know one of the problems that I see, and I'm sure there might be a few in this room, but I don't know, probably hopefully not, but a lot of people today do not have a lot of fight within them. Just unwilling to fight. 
And we're creating a generation, and probably even my generation, that there's just an unwillingness to fight. So when it gets tough, we give up. When we get to, gets tough, we quit. When it gets too hard, we, we, we find another job. You know, we find another relationship. You know, we, we, whatever it is, we, we, there's the unwillingness to fight. And I don't know where this has come from because I know virtually every person in this building, I'm sure as you were growing up, you got into a fight somewhere along the line with somebody. Is there anyone in this house apart from me who got into fights as you were growing up with your siblings or at school? Give me a wave if you ever got into fight. Yeah, there's a few hands going up and the rest of you are liars, all right? <laughs> Most of us got into fight. Maybe it wasn't a physical fight, but you got into a mouth, a verbal fight. Right, you, has anyone ever, has anyone in this room never had an argument? All right, I've got you all, okay? Everybody in this house knows, you know how to argue, so you, don't tell me you don't know how to fight. Don't tell me that, that's a lie. You know how to fight. It's in your bones, it's in your belly. God put it in you. God gave you an ability to fight, to fight, to defend yourself. To stand against the things that are obsessing you or troubling you, God put in you an ability to fight. So we know how to fight physically, friends, but it's time to fight in the Spirit. It's time to fight in prayer. It's time to warfare against the powers of the enemy, against the forces of darkness, against the wickedness that's coming against you and your family and your body and your children and society and your friends. It's coming against you. Don't tell me you can't fight. It's in you. It's in your DNA. We wrestle not. It's time to wrestle. It's time to wrestle. It's time to learn to fight. Maybe you say, I don't know how to do that. Come tonight, we'll show you. We'll train you, we'll try and teach you, we'll help you, we'll do something. Because you've got to, you see friends, your battle is not against people. Stop fighting people. Tell the person next to you, stop fighting people. Now, in Jesus' name. Stop it. Stop it. All right? Because you're not fighting people. The Bible says you're fighting principalities and powers. That person you know is a pain in the neck because there's some demons behind them. There's some powers of darkness. That's where our battle is. And we spend so much time fighting in the natural, fighting on a human level and wonder why nothing changes. It's time to fight. Am I getting through to anybody? Is anyone, anyone with me on this today? I've never preached some of this stuff before, but we wrestle. Prayer I'm not going to ask how many of you go to the gym because I'm not sure we're going to have too many here. <laughs> when you go to the gym, it's hard work. All right? It's hard work, right? That's what prayer is. So a lot of people are willing to put the hard yards in the gym, you know, really pump it and push it and, you know, resistance and fighting. And they're, they're, they're by the end of it, they're, they're in a sweat. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Three of us. That's what happens in the gym, right? It's a picture of prayer. You know, by the end of a prayer session, we should be exhausted because we've put in the effort and the fight and the energy. Need a shower afterwards. 
Well, maybe that's pushing it a bit far, but I think you know what I'm saying. I think you know what I'm saying. You know, we're... My time's gone. Do you know that we are in the fight of our lives right now? We're in the fight of our lives. Fighting for the kingdom of God, fighting for our families, fighting for ourselves. We're in the fight of our lives. And, uh, you know, you look at the, the wars, and I watch them, you know, all over the world, but particularly one in front of us is Ukraine. It's a huge war, it's a huge battle. But friends, to be honest, those battles fade into insignificance compared to the battle of the ages for the eternal souls of men and women. That is the greatest battle on the planet because without Christ, people end up in a lost eternity forever in torment and darkness. That is the real battle, friends. Don't be deceived by all the stuff you see around you. Yeah, it's real, it is real. I'm not denying it, it's terrible, it's awful. But the battle we are facing, that's why God calls us soldiers. We're soldiers in a fight. So, would you stand with me, please? We're not quite done, but we're close to being done. If I can have a keyboard with me, it would be great. We've been uh, helping you to pray, showing you how to pray. So I've got some verses for us this morning that I think are gonna be helpful for you. All right, so first one is Romans 15, 13. So I've got three prayers for us this morning, and I think you're gonna be encouraged by these prayers. All right, so the, the first one is, may the God of hope, I've personalized it, fill me with all joy and peace. We've been singing about that as I trust in him, so I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The people in this room and online, you need hope, and you need peace. And this is a great verse to take away with you. Take it away with you and pray it. Use it as your prayer way of how you might pray. And um, so can we just uh, say this through together? Romans 15, 13, let's go. May the God of hope Fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in Him so I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This time we're going to do it again, but make it a prayer, all right? Just make it like a prayer. If you know it off by heart, you can close your eyes, but let's just make it a prayer, okay? From, the, from your bit. So this is a key. We're not just talking, we're praying. We're talking to God. All right, let's go. May the God of hope Fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in Him so I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who reckons that's a good prayer? Amen. All right, it's so good. Let's go to the next one. It's another one that you can make into a prayer as well. And it's John 14 verse 27. All right, this is one about peace. We've been singing about this. So let's declare it together as well. Let's go. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Friend, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let, I know, I know it may feel trouble right now. Do not let your heart be troubled because the title of my message today is you will make it. You are gonna make it. 
You're gonna make it through. You're gonna get through this problem. You're gonna get through this struggle. You're gonna get through this battle. It's gonna come to an end. Every storm runs out of rain. The day is coming when the devil's number is up. He's it's been long enough. It's gone on far enough. And the day is coming. You will get through in Jesus' Name. That's the declaration. That's what we're saying this morning. That's why you came this morning. Some of you needed to hear it. You're thinking, I don't know if we're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. I don't know if you're gonna get through. You're gonna get through. I don't know if I'm equal to the situation. You're equal to the situation. I think this giant is too big. No, this giant is not too big. I think the mountain is too high. No, the mountain is not too high. Oh, the valley is too deep. No, the valley is not too deep. You will make it. You will make it. You will make it. You will make it to a place, not just get through, but a place of joy, to a place of victory, to a place of overcoming, a place of enjoyment, peace, satisfaction, contentment, all of that. All right, let's have one more. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, let's go. The Lord Himself goes before me. Stop. He's going before you. He's going before you. So what are you worried about? What are you worried about? If, he, if He's gone before you, He's preparing the way, He's sorting it all out. This is what He did for Joshua. Yeah, sure, there were lot of giants. They were all giants there, but the Lord went before them. And they got, you know, they did their part, they, all the enemy got defeated. So the Lord goes before you. Let's keep going. The Lord Himself goes before me and will be with me. Stop there. He's with you. He's going before you. He's with you. So what are you worried about? Come on. You've got to start believing this stuff. Just start believing it. He's gone before you. And He's with you. This is just a second sermon of mine, just making it up as I go. <laughs> Here we go. Let's keep going. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Stop there. Is that good or what? Some of you think God's gonna give up on you. No. Some of you think God's given up on you. No. Some of you think it's over. No, it's not. He will never leave you. Can I say He'll never give up on you? I wanna add something else as well. He'll never let you go. He will never let you go. You can run from Him like the prodigal son to the ends of the earth. You can sin every step of the way, but He will never, ever, ever, ever let you go. Why? Because you're too valuable. Why? Because you're too important. Why? Because He's put too much in you. Why? Because you're made in the image of God. Why? Because He went to a cross and died just for you. That's why He will never, ever give up on you, nor leave you. And let's finish off. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This sat right through without interruption, all right? The Lord Himself goes before me and will be with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Give the Lord a clap, would you?